you are going to love Jai Smith. He's a creative strategist and an agency coach and also happens to be a podcast producer. He's behind Maker and Creator, as well as Australia's first ever beekeeping podcast, Honey, I'm Home. He's here to talk about whether brands should consider starting a podcast and what they can expect when they do. Oprah, Steve Jobs, Andrew Denton, Arne Doe. To me, these guys are masters of communication. The rest of us, well, mainly you, because I'm a pro, fumble our way through. Comical examines this funny little thing called communication that can either tear us down or make us sore. Join me, I'm an amateur comedian and a communication expert. Join me and listen, learn and laugh through the experiences of my very talented guests. All right, welcome, Jai. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. My absolute pleasure. I've actually been desperate to pick your brain because you are someone I look at and go, <laughs> mate, he's killing it. This guy knows podcasts. How long have you been doing it now? <laughs> uh, so I had to answer this this week. It's 2020. I must have started 2017 or I, I think I was bought the equipment because I didn't buy my own equipment. Actually, my flatmate was sick of hearing me talk about I'm going to start a podcast. <laughs> uh, and I had music recording equipment and yeah. he was so sick of it. His name's Eddie. He surprised me on my birthday and it was it was the nicest gift. Like he yeah. bought me a beautiful microphone, one of the boxes you need, and yeah, I was off from it. What a legend. Yeah, and, he's a top guy. And what was your first podcast about? So it was about sex. <laughs> um, so it was it was Asia's first sex podcast. So this it was, was called Better in Bed. Is this when you were living in Hong Kong? Yeah. So this was in. Um, so we must have launched it officially in 2016. Actually, come to think about it. Yeah. Um, because uh, I was sitting in a bar with my colleague at the time, uh, Sarah Tang, and she was a brand strategist, and she was saying, you know, and I and I'd already got the equipment. And she's like, you know, I really don't think brand strategies for me. I really want to get back to my sex therapy. You know, I'm, I'm six glasses of wine in. I'm like, Sarah, <laughs> let's do a podcast. And she's like, all right, I'll only do it if you co-host it with me. And I, and I blushed instantly. And literally that night we wrote, wrote a really small plan and then, you know, Three years later, I guess it is, four years later, we've got 50,000 downloads and it, she's built a career out of it. She left advertising almost completely. I know she still freelances a bit, but um, we talked about everything from penises to masturbation to our, our favourite, our most looked after episode was, um, uh, it was on uh, Cunnilingus because it was the only one we had two male guests uh, and it's a largely female audience. So it, was, it taught us a lot about what people are into, but yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. Did you find it easy to talk about? No, I like I'm even smiling like I used to be back then about it, but there was somebody said by the time we got to season two, yeah. it wasn't quite as interesting because we were not as nervous. Oh, Sarah was right. always quite comfortable but I was playing like the, you know, no pun intended, the straight man on it where yeah. she was the knowledge expert and I would ask the layman questions. Yeah. And that taught us a lot about the call and response between hosts you need. Yeah. Um, but, no, I was not comfortable. Like the episode I went, you know, again, I'm trying to curb this for your audience, <laughs> but it was uh, there's some episodes on there that I wouldn't even mention again. I know when I do, um, even in my stand-up comedy sets when I talk about sex, which in a couple I do... You know, if I got that reaction after sex, I'd put out more often. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I grew up in a conservative 
traditional Lebanese family, so talking about sex is huge for me. Um, and I know you're probably looking at me, I used to get a lot of people say to me, oh, you don't look Lebanese. And no one ever used to pick it, I guess I was too fair to be Lebanese and too hairy to be Australian. Um, but one person came really close and said, oh, are you a Yeti? <laughs> I have another Yeti joke, but it's abominable. <laughs> I swear to you, I feel uncomfortable doing it on stage. I just feel so tense and I think I'm not a prude. I don't know why I'm behaving like this, but there's something about talking about sex openly that just feels really strange. Well, one of the big insights we talk about was the fact that especially women think boys are much more comfortable to talk about it. Yeah. But it's the opposite way around. We never talk about it. Like it's not like, you know, we break it down what happened the day after or the week after. Really? We just don't talk about it yet. Never. <laughs> never. My husband tells me that. He goes, you know, boys, it's like a no-go zone when it comes to talking about your wife or your partner. Yeah. Uh-uh. Not a single word. Where yeah. I think you're right. Us, us girls probably would do it a lot more. Yeah, like I, I've known some of the things that have been discussed and I'm like, whoa, and like I blush and I'm like, I, I, when we did, a, we did a live event eventually, that was the hardest. We had 250 people in a packed out bar and, again, I won't talk about the topic, but it, it was, there are photos of me just blushing and not even looking at the audience because it, it, it was full on. <laughs> That's cute. I would have loved to see that. But now uh, you, you also, you also um, podcast about stuff that's in your professional life or professional zone, which is creativity and, and brand strategy, et cetera. Tell us a little bit about your podcast, Maker and Creator. Yeah, so, yeah, Maker and Creator, who I do with, which I do with Alex Adams, was a promise I had to keep, actually. Again, it was another funny story, you know, unsurprising. We were in a bar. I was on a <laughs> there's a theme here. trip from, there's a theme. Yeah. Because uh, no good story ever started with, I was having a glass of milk. Um <laughs> I was in a bar, we're in Zephyr Bar, which is up at um, in the city, and I said, look, Alex, I'm thinking about coming home. You know, I don't really know what I'm going to do if I get back to Sydney. She's like, look, I would love to do a podcast with you. And I'm like, I've got one that's half cooked. It's about creativity. And she's like, all right, well, if you, if you come back, I promise I'll do it with you. And there was a really thin line between me wanting to talk about, you know, quote-unquote work yeah, because um, creativity is obviously a big part of it, but it was actually more the impact on culture that it had. So, you know, cafe culture and the creativity around cafe culture mm. um, or, you know, I'm a big I'm a big barbershop fan, like I'm obsessed with men's barbering and old-fashioned straight razors. And so I was in, I was always fascinated by those things. And then it became an outlet where Alex and I said, we're never going to bring on a work topic. So we didn't bring on a chef for, we eventually did for 15 or 16 episodes. And I didn't bring on anyone from advertising specifically for even longer than that. Uh, and it was, it was because we needed an outlet more than anything. Mm. And I think a lot of podcasts actually start from, I'm thinking about things that I want to get out there. I might listen to podcasts, but Alex and Sarah did both didn't listen to podcasts. But it came from a very natural, I can talk about this without needing to be prepared for it. Yeah. And so when you when you started Maker and Creator, did you already have the name for it? I did, only because I'd started a couple of episodes with just me as the host yeah. and interviewed a barber and a tattoo artist. But the problem we find, and I talk a lot about this in my uh, little podcast 
courses is that the dynamic and the energy with one host or only one guest yeah. is very, very different. And it's not a, unless it's somebody like yourself who I, I know and we're both quite extroverted, it's a bit Me? dull. Um, <laughs> no, no. I mean, unless it's people like us, <laughs> it's a bit dull. Um, and especially creatives. Creatives are generally more introverted. You know, again, huge generalization, but talking to a tattooist or a barber who are so deep in their craft, yeah. it's very hard to, to convey that across a podcast mm. because their expression isn't with words. Yeah. It's with what they do. Yeah. And how did you, when you set out to start this, what did you set in your head as a goal? What were you trying to achieve with it? Um, it was the, the initial goal with Better in Bed was to launch Sarah's career basically. Right. As a sex therapist? Um, that was a very as a sex therapist and sex coach. Right, yeah. That was very different. But that wasn't that was never my goal. My goal was really to um again, this was you know, you've got to you've got to think in 2016 body positive and sex positive movements were really only just beginning. Mm. Like now now they're just taken. Yeah. But back then they were very new, especially in Asia. But with maker and creator, it was more the or the specific vision I had in my head was I know a lot of interesting people who I have great conversations with, Yeah, you know, again, generally in a bar, and I wanted to get their story on paper. A great example is a mate of mine, Steve, who runs Clay Cups, which is like an eco cup, and I'm, I want to get his story on, on, on tape or on video or mm. something, and I wanted to create a collection of fascinating stories around the maker or the creator behind an idea Yeah, because all the podcasts out there were about either the entrepreneur thing, you know, look, tell us about adversity and how you overcame it, mm. or it was about their business idea and why it's so successful. Yeah. No one had really done that thing of, okay, you, you, you're you a brilliant cafe owner. You create those cafes that are cultish. Yeah. And what's the impact on culture and what's the reflection of culture that comes through your creativity? So it was just, it was just a, a documentation exercise. Did you think to yourself, and I, be honest, right? But did you think to yourself, I want to do this, I want to become like some level, on some level I want to sell ads, I want to make money, I want to become an influencer in this space. Was there any kind of commercial goal that you set or, or, or hope? The the money piece is interesting. I guess, I guess the money would have been a nice outcome. Like I was really lucky that, you know, I was working in some fairly Oh, at the time I launched it, I was still working for a consultant, like a management consultancy. So money wasn't an issue, yeah. but I would have liked the notoriety or the infamy of having a, a podcast sponsor, even though most podcast sponsors are a bit awful, you know, a, a mattress <laughs> or you know, a shipping company. And if anyone's listening to this, I'll take your money. But it definitely was, you know, as much as I hate it, and I'll be honest, as much as I hate to say it, I think it was more being an influential voice yeah. on creativity. Yeah. It, and, you know, obviously I'd done you know, blogs and I'd done writing and I'd done speaking events. Yeah. And I hate speaking events now. Like they're just so contrived. But I'm like, at least this way I can be really honest. Yeah. And I think without a video in your face, you can be a lot more uh, nuanced in how you present yourself. Yeah. Because you're not worried about how you look. Did I smile with? Am I in sitting in the right position? Am I wearing the right thing? Yeah. And it's a very... I always say this to people is that it's a very private medium. It's in someone's ear. So I think that makes it very personal. Mm. And that level of influence is what I really wanted. I wanted to be, I wanted to have a, an opinion on the things that I was seeing. So it's almost like having a, a channel through which you can build your thought leadership platform on. 
share ideas. Yeah, like, oh, totally. Right? So, oh, and, and something that, you know, from an advertising point of view, yeah. it's something I recommend because it's a, it's a beautiful piece of owned media, yeah. but it has a huge earned component. Mm. So you can't force a, a podcast to be famous. You just can't. Even with, you know, I was on Channel 10 the other day for my new beekeeping podcast. And you know what? So 11 cool. a.m. Channel 10. Yeah. yeah, that was it was weird. But, uh, you know, Carrie Ann Kennelly, like that's that's PR gold. Shout out to Ginny Brown who made that happen. But that's PR gold. But it didn't didn't catapult us like that's that's not how that works. It's it's earned through listenership. Yeah. And from a thought leadership point of view, it was about me you know, in, in the advertising world, as a strategist, it was a way for me to have a creative voice. Yeah. And so I got to pick the things I wanted to talk about, mm. just like a good thought leadership platform. And, yes, it's on my terms, but it's much more credible, I think, because it's not a weird article. It's just from my voice. You know, the other thing that I love about um, podcasting is that it's much easier to do than a blog and a lot less lonely, you know, depending on the style. I mean, a lot of people podcast on their own, but I, I love chatting to people like you and having that interaction and letting people in on it because it's just so natural and, and open and honest. It is a, I think it's much less edited. It's much rawer. Absolutely. And I think even the podcasts I prefer are very conversational. Mm. Now, that's not to say that, you know, the true crime podcasts I listen to or the audio books I listen to are, are there for a reason, but it's not the intimate, uh, and I mean intimate in the sense of I, I know and trust what this person is yeah. saying, especially on, on, on topics that require a level of expertise, mm. far more than reading an article. 100%. How would you tell a brand or an organisation, how would you tell them to go about coming up with an idea for their own podcast? And is it for everyone? I think most, I don't think there's a company who couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I think what's, I think the big caveat is because it is so personal and because it is so intimate, if you don't like the presenter, and there are people who just don't want to hear me do a podcast who might turn up to one of my events. It's mm-hmm. unlikely, but I, I do know a couple who are just like, no, nah, I just, you know, I don't really get into it. I can't, <laughs> it's not even, they just don't like me. It's not just that I don't like podcasting. <laughs> They might not like your voice. I know a lot of people get annoyed. Do you have that when you listen to someone's voice and you're like, "Nah, I can't deal." I, I think I reckon, I, and I think that's the thing. I want to, I want to be the guy who has the data point on that. It's like <laughs> percentage of voice in like the mix of liking a podcast. I think I, th- I would love to be the guy with that stat. And that's I, I you know, anecdotally, I reckon that's 80 percent of it. If you can't mm. connect with that person's voice, and I'm funny about accent, I'm funny about like the way they use words, yeah. but if they yell, I don't like yelling podcasts, even though I'm guilty of it sometimes. I can't <laughs> listen to it. I'm a very loud person, borderline yelling most times. <laughs> Just 20% louder than most people. Yeah. So when I, and I have done this with a few interesting brands. Uh, I'm just trying to think which ones are okay to talk. So I've done it for everything from, so I did Commonwealth Bank's first ever podcast. Did you? What was that about? Uh, about small businesses learning from other small businesses. Okay. So maybe that's a good example. So to answer you specifically, the advice I give is you need to ask yourself, what's the utility each episode brings your audience? Yeah. So to even wank it up even more, you know, back to our off-mic conversation, what's the problem you're solving? So Mm. Commonwealth Bank wanted to do a podcast and they, when we were talking about where to start, 
I said to them, if you want to do this, it can't be anyone from the Commonwealth Bank talking. And that's a really hard thing to say, right? Especially when the marketing manager sees stars in their eyes and thinks, fuck, this is my big break, man. This is it. I've got to be famous. <laughs> Joe Rogan, watch out. Um, it, they were really good about it. They're like, yeah, like who, who wants to hear from us? Who's the voice of Commonwealth Bank? And I'm like, but that's not, that's not what this brief is. This brief is around how do we connect with small businesses? What's the relevancy? And so, thankfully, being being a bank, they had a huge stack of research, and I was going through it, and one thing kept coming up. It's like a bank shouldn't tell me what to do. A bank is there to provide a financial utility or mm. financial service. However, I know they might know some things, but I'm interested in what other people have to say. Yeah. And so we called it Leave Nothing to Chance because the thing that connected all small business owners is none of them, and you know this and I know this now, is that you can't take chances on your own business. Mm. So you're constantly thinking about those things. So we set it up. We got a comedian to host and we found six small business people who had great personalities, great stories, and we actually had the bank was just purely there as a backdrop and it was a way that each episode really sought to answer a different part of the small business journey. Mm. So how do you go from idea to starting? How do you go from starting to your first customer? That was a great episode actually um, on your first customers. How do you go from small business to scaling that? Yeah. How do you how do you deal with adversity? There were, there were, there were really full topics that people could really engage with as long as the bank didn't say anything, as long as these other small business owners uh, had their point of view. So it was a way that we could really put our money where our mouth was and said, that's the utility. And we have to, we have to make some hard decisions based on the voice, who's yeah. speaking, who wants to be speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, it paid off. It, it, was really, it was really well received. How did it pay off? What, how do you evaluate the success of a podcast? So if you are a, if you are a, I just did one for a B2B business. They have maybe 30 customers they talk to. Yeah. So, you know, like hard and fast, as long as they send it in their little newsletter to their 30 Mm -hmm. customers, you know, it says energy, it's very different. Yeah. Then they're, they're kind of happy. But I think what I said to them, I was like, you have a interesting point of view on the future of Australia's sustainable energy. I think this would go a lot further than you're probably thinking right now. Let's have a think about getting to your first thousand listens per episode. Now that's a lot. And I said to them, you know, that might take you a year, but in terms of setting success goals, and it comes up all the time and it came up this week, I just talk about if you can convince a hundred people to listen to your voice once a week or twice, you know, once a fortnight, that's a good first goal. Mm. Um, most of the brands I talk to, you know, aren't too impressed by that number, but I'm like, what else do you want them to do? Like, do you want your customers to hang on every word you say? Then, you know, hire a journalist, do it properly, you know, Mm. publish a magazine. Then you should look at your email database. If your database is 10,000, then, you know, you've got a, what a, you might have a 10% open rate. You might have a 5% click-through rate. Yeah. I'm like, there's your number. You know, you, you get to that, I think that's 500, that quickly, uh, 50 in my head. You know, that that's where you start with. And then yeah. the other, the, the numbers are downloads or, or, or listens and then it's subscribers. And some episodes, some podcasts 
are geared towards subscribers, which might be a weekly news-based podcast. Yeah. But some might just be based on downloads where like the beekeeping podcast that I do, uh, which is called Honey, I'm Home. You only listen to that once. You probably wouldn't keep tuning in. It's only six episodes. There will be more, but they're so slow. It's not something we go for. Yeah. And so what then would you say to to a business owner who's starting or a brand that's starting their first ever podcast and looking at it as a means in which to kind of get some, uh, build some awareness around their brand and they're starting a podcast, what's a good number for them to aim for in terms of downloads? Is it 100 in the first three months? Is it 1,000? What, what is it? And is it even important? I don't, I, don't, I don't think awareness is the right lever to pull for a podcast. That's, that's kind of where I'd stop at that is that it, it's, it's a difficult one. It's such a deep level of engagement. It's deeper than an ad. It's deeper than a Facebook post. Yeah. It's deeper than you know, a paid, paid Instagram post. If you're a services-based company in technology, selling you know, a piece of software, so mm-hmm. you, your, your audience in Australia is 50,000 people, yep. you know, I'd be looking to get to like to five to 10,000 people total listens for your whole podcast set, however many Got that you. is. Right. That's a pretty good section of your customers who are listening to it. Yeah. How I would do that is I would use your trade media publications if it's B2B. Yeah. I'd use your consumer tech publications if it's B2C. Do you mean as a from a from a PR perspective you mean? From a PR, Building. yeah. Yeah, okay. And so I take a 10% slice as a really good listen because you are fighting against the the fact that not everyone listens to podcasts. Very true. Very true. It's, it's a it's a very fast growing medium, but I would just do the numbers. I'd look at your total customer base. Yeah. Times that by the percentage of podcast listeners in Australia, which I think is going to be really difficult if I don't, don't type something in. I think it's twenty five to thirty percent of people have listened to a podcast. Hmm. We don't really have a number on active podcast listeners at the moment. Yeah. You know, in Australia, but I think it's twenty five percent. And then I would so if I take your number of customers times it by twenty five percent. Yeah. Work out what your what your KPI would be based around what distribution means you have. Yeah. So if you've got paid social media advertising, you know it's expensive and it's probably hard to get a few clicks there. So it's not a great thing. But if you can buy ads on other people's podcasts, that's a really quick way to do it. Yeah, I reckon buying ads on other people's podcasts is a is a good avenue because at least you know these people are already listening to podcasts. Um, yeah, but and you can be niche about it. Yeah, hundred percent. You totally can. And how would you if if I was starting a podcast as a, as a business owner, would I be promoting it through my own email marketing database, my own social media platforms, a little bit of PR? Is there any other trick to doing it? Not really. Like I think email databases is, is quickest. Um, it's it's very call to action driven. It's it's clear what you need to do. Yeah. Um, definitely through your owned platforms like your website. You know, social. You know, you're paying for every single thing you do on it. Yeah. Very true. You can create really great snippets though. So, I had to Google an acronym the other night. Uh, it was too long, won't read. Which what? is T L W. Yeah. Like apparently this is a really common acronym. Okay. So T L W R. And so sometimes you'll see this at the I, I know. This is this is why I can tell I'm getting old now. You'd see this at the top of a blog post and it says it says what the article summarizes. Yeah. Sorry, it says what the article answers. Yeah. And so if somebody can't listen to 20, 40 minutes an hour of your podcast, yeah, then you might want to create a snippet for LinkedIn, which I've seen perform really well. 
And so there's these beautiful little audio snippets in, in, overlaid on a video. Yeah. Um, and it's a really quick way to get some info over. And I think it's one of the best ways to do it. What's the ideal length of a podcast? I don't believe there is one. For businesses, though, I think it's sub 20 minutes, unless your your audience is, is interested in an in-depth topic. So if you're... I don't know, a brewery brand. Yeah. I don't know if Young Henry's have one, so forgive me if they do. <laughs> and although Young Henry's shouldn't do it, you know, from a brand perspective, they should do it about culture and not what they're doing. Anyway, uh, don't give away know, free it, advice. <laughs> yeah, if, if Young if Henry's like, listening. If exactly. If you're listening, yeah, yeah. see the details <laughs> on this podcast for ways to contact Jai. Yeah, but like we, Maker and Creator is specifically 45 minutes because we need to go deep enough into a topic that makes sense. If it's yeah. too, if it's less than that, we've just given a news update, but we're not we're not a news podcast. Yeah, and you know it's kind of like writing. I feel that the shorter your copy is, the harder it is to write. And I feel it's the same with podcasts. Keeping a podcast short and concise, especially when you're interviewing somebody, is really tough. Well, it's that Mark Twain quote, isn't it? Sorry, I have to write you a long letter. I didn't have time to write you a short one. Absolutely. Because it takes so long to edit down. Yeah, that's um, a good quote. I say that to I say that to every client I meet. <laughs> Not as hello, but you know, um, <laughs> seven AM is a great news podcast here in Australia by the by Schwartz Media. And they do 15 minutes every morning. Yeah. And I went from not being engaged in politics and policy yeah. to 100% having a point of view on most things now because it's probably 10 questions all up they ask. Yeah. And it sounds sounds bulletproof. What else do you listen to out of interest? What recommendations have you got for us? Do you want the work stuff or the, the fun stuff? Fun. Let's start with fun. Uh, so do go, okay, so do go on. <laughs> Uh, that's a podcast by three comedians in Melbourne who read a, a report. One of them reads a report to the other two and they just riff off each other. So they do everything from like Shackleton to, um, I've got to think of someone else. Uh, they do Shackleton. They do, they might do Queen Elizabeth. They might do the Beatles. No it's way. just all a point in history. It's okay. fantastic. And that's, yeah. a, that's a two hour podcast. And every week on a Wednesday. They do it for um, two hours every week. Yeah. And they're funny. It's hilarious. It's Jesus. it's amazing. Like you, you would love it. Then the other big ones for me are Omnibus, which again is a trivia based podcast. That's twice a week. That's an hour each. Um, that's from two Americans in Seattle. Yeah, phenomenal content. There's two guys again in Melbourne, two comedians who do something called Two in the Think Tank, and that's where they come up with five sketch ideas every Wednesday. And that's a great one to show clients or anyone in creativity to show what an idea can be. If yeah. you know the output of an idea, yeah. then you know what five ideas might look like. Yeah. There's one called Case File here in Australia, which is true crime. Oh, yeah. There's love one called Mason. The Asian Madness. Yeah. Love if you really crime. like gory true crime, there's one called True Crime Horror Story, and it's just the goriest stuff that's that's really dark. Right. Um, but, yeah, there's – and then probably the last one I, I recommend to everyone is The Infinite Monkey Cage, which is a science podcast with Brian, uh, Brian Cox. The Infinite Monkey what? Infinite Monkey Cage. Okay, what's that about? That's yeah. a good name. So it's Brian Cox, who is or Professor Brian Cox, who is like a science communicator. You'll, yeah. You would as soon as you see him, you'll know who he is. Yeah. Um, and uh, Robert Ince, who's a comedian, they have three panelists from the science community, and they might talk about black holes. They might talk about the sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everything that is space and science based. So it's it's really really fascinating. What would it cost a business? I mean, I 
for me, this pod putting together a podcast hasn't cost me an arm and a leg, to be honest. If I think about it, it's probably cost me in total maybe four hundred five hundred bucks if I consider the equipment. Yeah. So so not much, but then again, I'm recording over Zoom at the moment until this ISO business is over, so not the ideal scenario. Yeah. How much should a typical business budget for, not the com banks of the world, think more of a small to medium business? What would be a realistic amount to expect to splash out on a podcast in terms of production? On the equipment? Well, yeah, producing it. They don't have to buy their own equipment, do they? They could always just kind of um, rent a space yeah, like, or I, sign up to a podcast yeah. studio. Yeah, like a podcast studio, you know, a podcast studio works out with an engineer works out about, you know, five hundred bucks an episode. Um, Jesus! If you if, if if you get a studio space, yeah, um, you know that, but that you're paying for an engineer on top of that. Yeah, I do a lot of office podcasts, so yeah, I I offer like a rental thing now where people just rent my equipment. You know, I come and set it up for them. Yep, and then depending if I'm if I'm the producer, either technical or creative producer, yeah, um, I might charge a fee on that. But you know, in terms of equipment, a thousand bucks gets you stuff that'll last a lifetime. Mm. Five hundred bucks will get you stuff to get you started. Yeah. On a business budget, you know, I'm definitely just go for a thousand bucks. Like you're just going to buy it all again later anyway if it goes well. If it's not, there's a great resale market out there for audio equipment. Yeah. I think in terms of you know, you know, I'm not shy about it. If you, if you hire someone like me, it's probably going to be for an hour episode, three guests or three, you know, persons, probably going to be 200 to 350 an episode, um, which, you know, I think is really reasonable considering that piece of content is going to last you forever. You know, if yeah, you think about a bit of, bit of design work, but, you know. But what do you do as part? Like, what what would need what would need to be included for each episode? How much work would go into it? So, like for a full production, like full creative production. Yeah, like I think about if a business was doing this, right? They would need to be planning out mm. their episodes in advance, probably like thinking about the whole season rather than approaching it yeah. on an episode by episode basis. So I'd see it as wise to probably engage somebody like you at the very beginning. To yeah. help at least put them on the right path, make sure the content strategy is right, that it aligns to the brand, um, et cetera, and set them on the right path in terms of how they record and produce each episode. Yeah, like uh, the analogy I use is, you know, you wouldn't just try Photoshop yourself for something that's going to go on your website's front page. Um, it's, uh, you know, like you wouldn't just say, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll download Photoshop and like, just have a crack. Yeah. Because what you're doing you know, for, for my system is what's the vision of the podcast? And I don't mean that in a wanky way. I'm like, what the hell do you want this to be? But then what's the utility? And that takes a long time to really make sure it's the right one. Yeah. Because if you start it wrong, you kind of back yourself into a corner. So, like, yeah. what are you solving? What answer? You, what question are you answering every time? Then I do, like, a season map. So how are we going to structure? Is it, how, many, how many seasons do you even want? Do you even want seasons? Do you want 20 episodes? Do you want yeah. three? There's some podcasts out there, there's some major podcasts that have 10 episodes all up. So you've got to think about all those things. And then, yeah, you need to do a season map. But actually what I find is really important before you even do a season is you do an episode structure. So yeah. how long is it going to be? Is it an intro? Is it scripted? It, yeah. what's, the inter, what's the format? Is it an interview? Is it conversational? Is it functional? Is it 
uh, comedy? Is it formal? Is it casual? You've got to answer all these questions because then you go, okay, so what do we ask our guests? So then you need a brief. So before me and Alex even do a, uh, an episode each week, you, so for instance, when you came on our show, I had to write her a brief. This is who this is who Marie is. This is this is what we're going to be talking about. This is yeah. her background. She's because unhinged. Go Good in, luck. She's unhinged. <laughs> be careful. Hide the wine. Um, <laughs> because you need to structure questions. You need to work it all out. You need to go and then like you need to tell somebody like me who does the technical bit. So what do you want me to do? Do you want this to, do you want music? Do you don't want music? Do you want me to edit out the F words? Do you want me to keep them in? Do you, you know, like, do you want me to edit out your arms? Like, do you want me to do the technical, the creative editor? You know what? This piece of this conversation didn't mean anything. Yeah. So when me and Sarah did it, Sarah was a stickler for on topic, whereas I kind of go all over the shop. Yeah. But Sarah would have me remove chunks of conversation that didn't work. And so then as a technical producer, my job was then to make it sound like the, epi- the episode was only 40 minutes when it might have been twice that length, and it often was, Yeah. where I'm taking out entire conversations, making yeah. sure there are no callbacks, and then making sure it sounds perfect to the listener because if you change register, if you change tone, yeah. you'll hear it straight away. You'll, you'll know something's missing. Yeah, having a good editor is really important, someone who knows what they're doing from a episode um, production and editing perspective, yeah. um, which for you, me, it's a skill. To, yeah, sorry, it's it is a skill. I mean, for me, I trust my guy completely and say, "Look, you just do it." I hate listening back to my my own content, so I put full trust in him, and I say, "Whatever sounds." Do you ever listen back to your episodes? No. Nah. No. Nah. <laughs> no. Nah. I know Alex doesn't. Like I have to do it and I'm like, I have to listen to myself. But I know. Like, yeah, a it's lot of awkward. people don't. <laughs> I get so I get my one of my best friends, Linda, I get her I send her everything and my husband, I go, You listen to it. If you feel embarrassed to have me as a wife or a friend, you need to let me know. <laughs> if you feel nah, ah, it's okay. Yeah. I can live with okay. I can I live with have, this. <laughs> I don't have to be perfect or amazing every time. But if it's a if it's a shit show, you need to let me know. I can't have that stuff out there. Yeah. But yeah, I can't. Yeah. I can't listen to it. And I've been like that. Even watching some of my stand up back in the beginning, I found really hard. But you have to yeah. do it to learn and improve. So I'm yeah. working on it. It's a work in progress. Now we all are. <laughs> What's next? Any podcasts for you? New and upcoming podcasts? There, I'm before COVID or BC. You know, is, is that what I meant to say? Now BC. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I started one called The Truth About Advertising, which you're on a list for, mind you. No, you, you oh, were, fuck. You, were, you do you not want a, me. I have. Yeah, it's yeah. like I've had truth juice every time. I can't exactly. lie. That's what we want. That's, That's what we why want, you like. don't want me on there. Yeah. And so that one got stuck, unfortunately. We did, we did two episodes, three episodes that were really good, and I can't. I was toying with the idea of doing them over Zoom and blah, 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 but I can't bring myself to interview. The, like a lot of it's, you know, people like yourself, the, the owners of some really reputable agencies and consultancies, and I don't, I don't know any of them or I know them through reputation. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And unless I can get them in a room and honestly put a glass of wine in front of them or it's, <laughs> it's early enough in the morning where I can put a coffee in front of them yeah. because it's meant to be 25 to 30 minutes Here's a topic. You know, we did the truth about sponsorship in sports. It was it was fantastic. It was really interesting to hear about how it worked. And it's for advertising people. It's not it's not um it's not for 
Joe Public, but that that one will come out eventually. But other that than that, we'll do some more episodes of Honey I'm Home. Yeah, it'll be good. But um, Maker and Creator continues. We've got three episodes in the in the can at the moment that I've got to edit. That'll be my weekend. Um, but yeah, awesome. Thank you, my friend. No worries. So good no, to have you, you. on to it's chat. A lot of fun. Yeah. Hopefully that'll uh, be useful. But look, if, if anyone's got any questions, I'm always open, and you know, I, totally. I, and I'll include pod- your details in our um, in the podcast episode because I think one of the things is I think for me, I work in this field, right? So it's easier for yeah. me to think about content and pulling these things together. So I always think it's so easy. Just go out and do it. It's you know, it won't cost you much. It's better than a blog. But in reality, it's not something that should be taken lightly, and definitely has repercussions for your brand if it's not done in a well-thought-out manner. It doesn't have to be hard, but it has to be considered. Well said, my friend. (laughs) There's a motivational poster waiting with Jai Smith. (laughs) It doesn't have to be hard, he said. Please send me a photo of yourself with your hand on your chin looking thoughtful (laughs) and experienced, and I shall create a meme. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Really appreciate your time and love chatting to you as always. Good to see you. You too. Take care, mate. Bye. Bye. And that's Comical for this week. If you'd like to join the show, suggest a topic or ask me a question, hit me up on Instagram at Maria Daggle or email me, comicalpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. See ya.